Okay, okay. We are back for part three. This is going to be the final part of our interview tips. Um, part one was researching, understanding the role from the recruiter, understanding the process, and getting to know you know who you're going to be interviewing with, um, and making sure that you looked up people and you understood how to connect with them. So you've done your research on the company, on the role, and on the process. Part two was review. A little wrap there for you. Um, But part two was review. So we went over our resumes. We looked at the resume from the standpoint of a hiring manager. We put ourselves in the position of the role, and we looked at where our gaps were at, Um, and we also looked at some star behavioral questions, which are really common in the healthcare industry. Um, so if you're a nurse, either doing a lateral movement, so that's you know nurse to nurse, or whether you're doing a advancing role, so that's nurse to something beyond the bedside or something beyond what you've done for the last couple of years, um, you really want to look at those star behavioral questions and you want to be able to apply them to your role, right? Um, so remembering the purpose of a star behavioral question is just a format that we're going to be answering questions in to give whoever it is that is interviewing us a better understanding of who we are and how we get stuff done, right? And then what we also talked about in our last episode is reviewing the role. And so we talked a lot about how nurses are utilized both at the bedside and beyond the bedside. And so once you know your capacity and how you're going to be used, right, what is this job requiring of you, you can understand what makes you qualify for it. You can talk about your experience, your knowledge, your passion, um, and what they can expect from you. And so you want to make those things clear because you can be a excuse me, you can be a great person, but not a good fit for the role. And so sometimes you really aren't a good fit for the role. And other times you didn't understand the role. So you couldn't really put yourself in that position. Um, If it's a COVID vaccination nurse, you want to talk about how you've given some COVID vaccinations or how you've educated on it or, um, how you understand that people have apprehensions about it. So you love to give information on it. So, um, you know, you really want to understand, understand the role, <clears throat> excuse me, so that you can align yourself to it. And then once you align yourself to it, once you talk about how you're qualified, you can, you can pretty much write a, you know, write your own check. You can, you know, talk about what you would like to get paid. And so again, I talked about, you may not discuss that in the actual interview, but all of this information is preparing for that offer when they say, you know, Hey, we're going to start you out at 60 and you're going to be like, "Mm, that's so wonderful. Um, I was actually thinking based off of this, this, and this, that we can start at 85, right? Or we can start at 105 or whatever that range is. And so we talked about salary expectations in our first one. So if you're just jumping in, go back to the episode on research and we talk about salary. But this one is just going to be a really light, kind of last tip on rehearse, right? And so rehearse is a couple different things. Um, I want you guys to rehearse your narrative. And, And that's really the biggest thing that I want to get out with this episode is 
you know, a lot of the times we have a lot of information in our head and we don't know how to translate that. And I work with a lot of nurses who are pivoting away from the bedside. And that's the biggest, biggest challenge is how do you translate these skills in a way that you know, makes sense. And so in the last episode, we talked about an example of, you know, answering questions if you've never, you know, quote unquote, formally done a task, um, but putting yourself in that in your shoes. But when you rehearse, you're really going to bring everything together, right? And so I'm going to go back to when we talked about resumes and I said, you know, the first question that they're going to ask you is tell me about yourself. And this opener is... It's so profound. And if it's done correctly, you can really kick off your interview with everything that they need. And you can really change the trajectory of maybe they walked in and you were just another candidate that they were going to interview. And there was nothing special about your resume, but you know, it fit the qualifications. So they gave you an interview. But when they said, tell me about yourself, you blew them away, right? And so um, when I say rehearse, I'm going to ask you a question. And the question is, what is your career narrative? What is your career narrative? Um, I was talking to one of my girlfriends a while ago, and we got on this subject. She's also a nurse, and we got on this subject, and we talked about how once you get to a point in your career where you're comfortable, right? And this isn't the bad comfortable. This is the comfortable with authentically who you are, what you've been through, your experiences in nursing, um, where you want to go. Because the biggest thing that's holding us back from getting the job that we want is we don't know why we want it. We don't. We just trying things just to be, you know, and that's cool. That is to me, that's reason enough. Right. But when you have a double standard against you, you're a black woman, you're a minority, you know, maybe you're not a minority or a black woman, but they still don't want to give you this job. They still want you to prove why you should be in this position. Um, You really need to have a not story, but you really need to be able to pull it all together. And so, um, and be comfortable with whatever that looks like for you. So, um, what is your career narrative? When they say, tell me about yourself and they'll say, Hey, Jennifer, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. That's usually how they start off the interview because they're not going to jump right into like, give me a time when that tell me about yourself. It's going to open up everyone's interest. Right. And they're going to say, Hey, okay. Um, Kalia, when you were at Cleveland clinic did they do x y and z or you know when you previously worked at education um what was your experience with conflict with students and a student not so what they're going to do is the questions they're going to ask is going to be based off of the experiences that you give them and so you really want to make sure when you answer that question tell me about yourself you're giving them the meat and potatoes that they need Now, the wonderful part about the question is you control the narrative, right? And so that narrative has to marry what your resume looks like. But you can talk about how, um, you know, for example, I share that, you know, they 
I, I get a lot of questions about leaving my first job early. But I left my first job after a year and the culture was very, very toxic. It was my very first nursing job. I was passionate, you know, and I was definitely um, courageous to leave at that time because during that time, it was looked down that you left a job after a year. So a lot of what I talked about is how I wanted new nurses to be comfortable, comfortable enough to grow, comfortable enough to explore. Um, So I left that job. I went to Cleveland Clinic. I stay there. I loved it. I learned a lot. It was the ideal culture. And now I'm taking those things and I'm changing the culture of nursing for new nurses. And I'm changing the culture of how we learn and how we educate other nurses, right? So you're taking an experience that A, may be a gap because I've been asked before, why did you leave your first job so early? Um, And I've been able to glean the lesson from it and tell you what makes me qualify for this educator role or for whatever other role I, I, I decide to go for. Um, use your experiences, right? So when they get the resume, they may just see that you were only at a job for a year or two. But when they get the person, you're going to tie it together for them in a way that A, eases their concerns, right? Because In the last episode, we looked at the gaps on our resume. And so you're going to make sure to address those gaps. That's you get the first opportunity when they say, tell me about yourself. You have looked at those gaps and you're going to address them in your story. Right. And you're going to bring it all together so that it's no question if you're going to stay at this company long term because you are actively building a culture that is positive for nurses and not just positive for nurses, but positive for minority nurses. Right. Because that is also part of my mission, vision and values, my personal ones. So I'm looking for diversity. So when we get to the end of it, I have diversity questions, right? I want to know what does a diverse team looks like and not just black and white. I want diversity in ideas. I want diversity in backgrounds. I want, you know, so that is how you're going to create your narrative. So look at your resume. Um, look at where you started, Again, the tell me about your que- yourself question, do not start with um, when you was born, <laughs> which I've heard people do. So I'm, I'm chuckling because, you know, you could go that far back. But if it has nothing to do with your professional career, don't go that far back. You want to go to where your professional career started. If it started in high school when you took care of a sick grandmother and that's how, what got you into nursing, start there. That's that's a great opener, right? Um, but the goal when they say, tell me about yourself, is to go through your resume and do it, piece it together for them, make it make sense. Why did you go from bedside to case management and now you're in insurance? Why did you stay at this company for eight years and then you went back to school for informatics? Like you make it make sense to them. You want to kind of disarm with charm, right? You want to disarm them with your story and make it spin it, put it in a way that um, makes it interesting to them. And this is something that I do with a lot of my nurses, especially the ones who are like, okay, I've done a lot of different things. How do I make this make sense? Or, you know, you're just kind of trying something and you're exploring it. How can you translate skills from one 
space to another space. Um, so again, tell me about yourself is going to be your opener. It's going to be how you pull your story together. You're going to address any gaps that you see, whether it's gaps in experience, maybe the job needs four years or five years of leadership experience, right? And you don't have formal leadership experience, but you have filled in for charge before you have um, led your patients, you have led a project, you are going to look at that and say, okay, I have not formally had, you're not going to say this part, but in your mind, you haven't formally had leadership experience, but you know what? You are a leader, right? Because there was this one um, unit-based council meeting and everyone was upset about da-da-da-da-da and this is how you took the lead and this is how you did it. And so um, a lot of what needs to happen during the review process is you are tapping into your experiences that you've had. So on our last episode, we said review. You're tapping into all the wonderful experiences that you've had. You've already reviewed that, hey, leadership is a gap. And that role said that you needed to have leadership experience. So now we're going to tell our story and we're going to purposely plug in examples of when we were a leader throughout our career because we looked and we saw that it was that it was a gap we went through our questions and we know it's going to be asked somewhere and we looked at the role and we know it's a qualification so when we rehearse we're going to make sure that we tie it all together and we give no reasons for you to think that our lack of formal leadership would stop us from being able to lean into a leadership role So hope that makes sense. Um, The other part I had about the opening question, tell me about yourself, is anticipate what people want to know or what they may find intriguing. So one of my interviews, um, I asked the recruiter, um, this was the recruiter who told me they had like a perfect candidate that was flawless. Um, and I asked them, well, fine. If she was so great. You know, why y'all swing for circle back around to me? And she was like, you know, the hiring manager really thought that your resume was interesting. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, what did she find interesting about it? And so she said she was particularly interested in your experiences with this, this, and this, and your nonprofit organizations that you work with outside of work. And I was like, oh, Oh, okay, that's interesting. And so I was able to um, look her up on LinkedIn and I saw that she was dedicated to causes, particularly diversity and inclusion. She was a um, previous military person. Um, so I looked at a lot of her work in her bio throughout the years and a lot of it was woven together with community um, causes, um, education, and really just kind of being a trailblazer at a time where, you know, some of these programs and things that she implemented, what didn't exist. And so to me, that piqued my interest because I also similarly look to areas and roles that, you know, we haven't had a precedence in. We haven't had a lot of attention in these areas and I try to shed a light on it. And so, um, when you think about your resume and when you think about how to present yourself, tap into what makes you you tap into what makes you tick tap into why you really are exploring a case management role right because when we do things from a place of lack and from a place of burnout 
it shows we're not able to share that in the interview. We're not able to say, you know, listen, I think that case management really helps to um we're really a valuable resource to the patients and you know the nurses working in a nursing role um they they don't have the time to really highlight resources and talk about care after their discharge so it's nice that we can help them transition home and make sure that they have the resources that they need and I'd love to learn more about that or I'd love to participate in that and so um really tap into why you are looking for the role that you're looking for and how your journey, right? Your nursing journey and places you've been, everything that you've been through is going to be what qualifies you for the role. So we talked about in the last episode, what makes you qualify? Well, in this episode, you're going to go through when they ask you, when they say, tell me about yourself, you going, that's all you're doing. You're talking about what makes you qualify. I'm qualified because I had a negative experience that changed my mind about what nurses and what black nurses have to endure. Um, from nursing school to now, you know, I've, what makes me qualified is I've worked at Cleveland Clinic and I've seen how the cream of the crop operates and I've traveled and I've seen how other hospitals operate. So I am aware of different cultures and what works and what doesn't work in a hospital system. So you're taking everything that you've done and you're just sharing, you know, what did you learn from it? Why did you do it? And how did you end up here? How did you end up in front of this person wanting this job? So I hope that helps. Um, I highlight the tell me about yourself question because it, to me, it has, I have interviewed and they've asked me none of the formal questions. We just sat and talked about the stuff that I shared when I, in the tell me about yourself part. Um, so I think it's, it's such a missed opportunity when we don't lean into it. Um, and I actually think I may do something where we just kind of tell our stories, right? Like we just share what our stories is and we get comfortable with our own career narrative. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely something that I think we need. Um, let's see, what else can we rehearse? I do have notes. Um, rehearse your answers so that they are clear. Okay, so some of our star behavioral questions. Um, definitely rehearse. You know, give me a time where you had a conflict. Give me a time where um you had to meet a deadline. Some of those standard questions. Um, don't over rehearse them. We're very natural. Just make sure you know how to put it in a star format. Um, and you know, make sure you're delivering it where someone else can understand. You can practice this with a partner. You can just like grab a random person and really the more random, the better because nurses tend to like read between the lines and like, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Your patient was mad or your patient was upset. But when you explain it to a random person and they don't know any Anything, you want to make sure that your story is that clear that someone who does not know or who was not there has an understanding of what you did and why it was important. Um, so be natural, you know, definitely do it in the mirror and do it with a friend. Um, don't over rehearse. You can always take a pen and piece of paper. Um, 
you know, I usually take a copy of my resume. And if I have an experience, I usually just kind of put a star like maybe I was at Cleveland Clinic. And okay, so like Cleveland Clinic has this really awesome service recovery model. And it's called respond with heart. I adore it and I still use it to this day. So if, if you ask me a question about conflict and like when you had a conflict with a patient um, or a disagreement with a coworker, I kind of use that method. And so I put a little star by Cleveland Clinic on my resume when I show up because I know I'm going to use that as an example of a conflict that I've had. Um, if there was another hospital or something that you had an experience at that you want to make sure you bring up, put a little star by it on your resume. Um, let's see, what else do I have? Oh, if you are caught off guard. Okay, so here's how we prepare to be unprepared. Um, if you are caught off guard, ask for a moment to think. Okay, so you, you listen, they, they're loving you and they're asking you some really tough questions and you're, you're muddling through it. And then, you know, they, they get a question and you just genuinely have no idea, you know, whether you don't know how you would respond to this. You don't know, you know, what specifically they're talking about. You're going to just say, hmm, great question. Can you give me a moment to think? Take some time. Think about it. If nothing comes to you offhand within, let's say, 30 seconds, if nothing comes to you offhand, ask, could you follow up with that? Right. And so I think we sometimes feel pressure to answer everything and to answer everything perfectly. Right. And what I'll tell you is no response is better than a bad response. Right. And so if you're like, wow, I've had a lot of situations or not a lot of situations where you've had conflicts. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure within nursing I've had a conflict. Conflict. Um, I, I can't think of one right offhand. So can we swing back around to that question? Right. And so um, I think that sometimes just creating space helps us to um, come up with ideas. And so maybe you just need to create a little bit of space between the, the question and your answer. So always be comfortable asking for a moment to think. And also, you know, you be comfortable with if you could come back to that question. Um, let's see, let's see. Oh, I did have an example of, um, I had an example when I was coaching somebody and I asked them the conflict question and they told me this really long story. It was really funny, but they ended up kind of telling on themselves. And I say telling on themselves, like you, you got the situation, the task, the action, the background, and then you got a little bit more information. And the extra information was actually not good. And so um, one of the reasons why I tell, I say rehearse is not so you can sound like a robot, but so that you can stay on point with what they're asking because as an interviewer when I heard the extra information it kind of took me down a rabbit hole of like oh so why were y'all like you just <laughs> it gave me more information that I didn't need and so um, one of the reasons why you are rehearsing and you do want to have some experiences at the forefront of your mind is because you don't want to go off on a tangent right because uh, it's just it's just not good it could you know you could tap into some information that just it wasn't their business you know and and that can then become the topic or it can 
negatively affect how you are interviewing. So um, just something to remember when you rehearse is kind of have like a little boundary line of, you know, you're sticking to the conflict at hand. You're not talking about like all the other seven conflicts like, yeah, and they hadn't got her lunch to her the last seven days. It's like, oh, wait, hold on. Let's just talk about what's right here in front of us. She didn't get her lunch today. This is how you helped her get her lunch. And this is... um and this is what the result of it was. So um, just remember that because I know sometimes we can be talkers. Um, let's see. I think the last part is just making sure that your last question, um, you know, I always like to say, is there any concerns or gaps that you guys see in me as a candidate or anything that I can clarify or speak to? I love this question. I think this question can save a lot of our interviews um, because when we're really nervous and we are answering things and we may not be answering them well or we may not hit the mark, um, this is giving the people who are interviewing you the opportunity to clarify anything that you said. Because for the most part, the interview tends to be one way. Um, if you do good, it should be a conversation. But sometimes you just get awkward interviews where it's just you talking and you're like, I don't know how this is being received. Was this good enough? Um, so, you know, definitely asking for feedback during the interview is good, um, particularly because if you don't get hired, you're never going to see these people again. And if you don't get the feedback now, they may not translate or give that to the recruiter. And so it may not get back to you. So this is kind of just real time. Are there any concerns or any gaps um, that you guys see from my my resume or any of my answers, um, you know, that for, for me as a candidate. And, you know, you can hope, you can only hope that people would um, be genuine and can give feedback. Um, remember that a lot of people don't know how to interview. So if it's not the hiring manager, if it's teammates or someone filling in for this person, you know, they, they just may not, they may not know how to respond, but I've had really good success with that question. Um, for example, the accreditation one, um, she talked a lot about not necessarily wanting someone with that accreditation experience, but she talked a lot about what she wanted to change and how having a firm knowledge of the process would help her kind of achieve some of the changes that she wanted to make. And so I was really able to get a broad spectrum view of why these particular qualifications were so important to her um, and what her end goal was with the role and what some of the programming she wanted to do. And what I was able to do is speak to other ways that I've been able to meet I could meet her goal without having this very in-depth, you know, experience of of the process. And so I think what he did was it just kind of helped kind of um, close the loop on some things. Um, and so, you know, again, it's worth a shot. It is your opportunity to close the loop or close the gap on things that people have questions about that they don't want to kind of 
critique your answers but your answer kind of left them wanting to know a little bit more like yeah you said this job wasn't a good fit for you and then the job after that you left after a year so I am concerned that you know a lot of your jobs you've been at and you've only stayed for a year what people do when they give you that feedback is they want you to win like when they throw you that ball they want you to win right but that last question is gonna say hey I want the ball. Give me the ball. Is there a reason why you're not throwing me the ball? Right. And so when they when people do give feedback, whether you agree with it or not, take it as um, take it as a, a, a label of love. Right. Because I don't give feedback to people that I don't want to hire. And I, I'm not being mean, um, but it just I don't have the feedback. Like, I don't I don't know what to say. You know, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, I wish you had more experience with this and you couldn't do that. Like, I personally am not going to give feedback to someone who I'm not genuinely interested in. But if I get a candidate and I have gotten candidates where I'm like, man, you would be so good. But like. I don't really understand this one part. So I'd be like, hey, can you tell me a little bit about how you would make a decision if you were in this situation again? Um, and what it does is you're you're giving them back the ball so that they can fix it. And so if you're in the position of interviewing, they're, you're saying, hey, let, let me close the loop on anything that may cause you any concerns um, and you can speak to it. So um, I hope that helps. Um, very, very, very last thing is, um, for my extra people out there, I am extra. You should be extra. If it's a job that you really want, don't be afraid to be extra. Going the extra mile never hurts. So if you're ready, keep listening. When you get emails from the recruiter, Right. So in the beginning, you got the emails, you got the names of people. If you didn't during your interview, ask them for their name, ask them for their email or the best way to get in contact with them. Some of them may say like, oh, the recruiter will get in contact with you. Tell them you'd like to send them a thank you note. These are for my overachievers. Thank you notes are an extra added touch and they do matter. I would definitely say if you really want a job and that job is a higher salary, that job is you're leaning out of a particular role, maybe that's a job where on paper you may not be the best qualified or during the interview you may not have um, you may not have answered the best. That follow through email is going to seal the deal, I think. Um so when you send a follow-up email, um, this is going to take the place of back in the day when you used to send a note, used to send a thank you note. And it was like, thank you for interviewing. Um, if you've never done this or never heard from this, it heard about this. It's pretty old school, um, but my mom taught me it and I... I added it early into my professional practice. And so now it's just something that I can't not do, if that makes sense. Um, but thank you emails to me. They're just kind. And I think kindness goes a long way and it sets you apart from other applicants. Um, so I have sent thank you emails. I once interviewed for a job that was way, way out of my scope, but I was like super excited to lean into. Um, they tore me apart in the interview. If you guys were wondering, it was a great experience. It taught me a lot. 
Um, And what I did was I sent a thank you email to everyone that interviewed me. And I may have talked about this before, but I sent a thank you email to everyone that interviewed me. I thank them for taking the time. I thank them for their feedback. And I listed one thing that I learned from them. And it was genuine. It was like, thank you for interviewing me. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, I especially liked when you dot, dot, dot. Maybe it's something that they talked about in their career. Um, Don't forget also to ask if they say, do you have any questions? Don't forget to ask them questions. Ask them questions about themselves. Hey, tell me a little bit about yourself and how you ended up in this role. Um, Tell me a little bit about your role on the team and what you do and how we would potentially be working together. So don't forget that you need to know everybody in the room, who they are and what they do and why it applies to you. So back to the thank you email. Um, I, I just I've received one before we were interviewing a candidate and it was like years and years and years ago. And this was just as a floor nurse. So, again, this is for anyone who's just looking to add a little razzle dazzle to the end of their interview. This is going to razzle dazzle. Uh, she sent us we interviewed her. She sent us all a thank you note and it felt personal. It felt like she stood out. You know, I still remember her. This was almost seven years ago. And I still remember this woman who sent me a thank you email. And I don't think I've ever received a thank you email. Maybe one other one. Maybe. But see, I don't remember that person. So it, it does help you stand out. Like, I'm like, man, whatever happened to that girl? I hope she got the job somewhere. We ended up not hiring her. I think she ended up having another offer. But um, just FYI, it goes the extra mile. Um, if there is a question you could not answer or let's say somebody had a concern about something, you can clarify it. You can say, hey, you know, um, you asked me about the hiring process or you asked me about blah, blah, blah. And I'm unfortunately, I wasn't able to answer at the time, but I did think about it. And this is what I'd like to share. Thank you for your time. X, Y, and Z. Keep it short. Keep it sweet. It is not a second interview. Um, It is not an opportunity to capitalize on your connection with that person. And I will tell you out of all of the emails that I've sent, I've never received a response ever. I've never received a response from any of the people that I interview. Even if I got the job, I still didn't receive a response. So don't take it personal when you don't receive a response. They do get it. It does. Um, It does its purpose, whether you get the job or not. It is, to me, I think it's a good practice. So um, I hope that helps. Um, I'm wishing you all good luck, six figures, um, and the jobs of your dreams. Um, I hope this was helpful. If it was, um, I would ask if you guys could leave some podcast reviews, just because sometimes it feels like I'm just talking into the air, and I don't know if it's really working. So um, (laughs) feel free to leave podcast reviews. Um, You guys, of course, can always follow us on Instagram at BlackGirlBlueScrubs please, please, please subscribe. That's where all the good stuff is going to be. And um, email me if you guys have more questions or need anything. Thank you.